Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 26th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Joining us in the studio right now, Bill Demery. He is your retirement guy, and we're talking about money. Bill, let's start off and talk about the national debt. It just surpassed $33 trillion last week. And if we connect the dots, explain what does that mean to us? It sounds like an awful lot of money, but what does it really mean? Well, Casey, here's some good news is, yes, we're $33 trillion in debt. That's the bad news. But the good news is we still have time left to do something about it because taxes are on sale right now. Oh, we love sales. Wait, well, you got a coupon? I hope my wife is not listening because she's going to be all about this. What do you mean taxes are on sale? The Tax and Employment Act that uh, President Trump put through, it has a uh, ending date, and that ending date is January uh, 1st, 2026. Taxes will revert back to a higher amount. So, in regards to the the taxes, most people, they don't understand, okay, that back in 1981, the highest tax bracket was 70%. Seven zero. Seven zero. Sounds now, pretty high. Wow. Where does the government get their revenue? Okay, they get it from taxes mm-hmm. from us. Okay, so when's the best time to pay the taxes? When they're at a lower rate or when they're at a higher rate? Well, that's a no-brainer at the lower rate. And this is where we have the opportunity to do what's called partial Roth conversions. And so the listeners out there that have like a 401k or an IRA, that's all pre-tax money. So I have clients come into the office and we talk about their 401k and they say, I've got a million dollars in my 401k. And I say, no, you don't. Yeah, if whatever taxes they're it's whatever taxes they're going to take out that then that's what you have left. Yeah, because if they're in the forty percent tax bracket, all of a sudden they go from a million dollars to six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Bill Demery is our guest. We're talking about the thirty-three trillion dollars in debt, which is embarrassing and disgusting. And by the way, full disclosure, everybody knows this, but we want to put it out there. You do advertise on on this show. I'm curious, Bill. You know, you you said something that was interesting. And we talked about this, in fact, the other day, that in 1982, the nation's debt went over $1 trillion for the first time, and then we went 10 years by 10 years. And while it was, you know, not great pre, say, 2012, the explosion of spending and and debt that has been incurred since 2012 and the past 10 years, these people should be ashamed of themselves. It's just getting so out of hand, and I think our founding fathers would turn over in their grave, you know, if they saw what happened. I remember, you know, Ronald Reagan, when he was in office, he says, government is not the solution. Government is the problem. Yeah. And that's so true. You know, it's fascinating, because I think I'm trying to do this from memory here, but that chart that we looked at, Casey, yeah. from 1992 to 2002, there was like $2 trillion added. I think it went from 4 something to 6 Not great. But you look at how the economy roared, and we talked about how, look, Clinton clearly had to make the deal with the Republicans based on the election results of of 94. And whether he went willingly or by force, he went. And look at the great economy that roared at the back end of the 90s because of it. When governments get their act together fiscally, the economy generally does very well. Yes, but uh, I was thinking about this on the way in. And, you know, we talk about Joe Biden and having dementia and, uh, you know, being you know so frail. Unfortunately, there's a lot of politicians out there, Rob and Casey. They have dementia, too, because they forget that they're working for us yeah. and not them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and all I mean, this debt, it's not because of higher product productivity or higher population. It's just because they're spending more. Yeah, they like to spend. And these career politicians, 
You know, they get in and uh, uh, they they have a sense of power, you know, and they forget who they're working for. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Bill Demery is our guest, and we're talking about the nation's debt and how that impacts your your financial future. You know, we've talked about this famous interaction I had with our old pal, the Duke of Spendingburg, Todd Young, at the Stacks <laughs> Pancake House, where, you know, he made it abundantly clear to me in the room full of people, and we've had many people who have on this show confirmed what I say took place, where he said... I'm never stopping the spending. I'm never doing anything with entitlements. I'm never stopping any of this spending. You can take the COVID stuff, which is ridiculous, out of the equation. He'd added $6 trillion plus at the time to the nation's debt, and he said, I'm not stopping. And, Bill, people look around and go, well, if the Republicans say they're not stopping, then how does this ever end? Maybe it doesn't, and that's pretty scary for a lot of people. You know, Robin Casey, you know, uh, I have clients come in, and they talk about taxation on their Social Security. And I say... Yeah, it's called the sneaky tax, okay? Because back in the earlier years when Roosevelt was in the presidency, he was asked by the media, will Social Security ever be taxed? And he said, that's ridiculous. That's an entitlement program. We don't tax entitlement programs. Well, in 1983, when Reagan was in office, that's when the first taxation came about on Social Security, okay? Now, he was a Republican. Ten years later, who is in office, Clinton, mm-hmm. okay? He raised it to another percentage. So I tell my clients, it doesn't make a difference if you're Republican or Democrat. All parties like to spend our money. All right, Bill, we are problem solvers on this show. We're not just complainers. That's why we're so highly rated. We try to solve problems. Mm-hmm. What should people be doing? And you touched on this a little bit now about the taxes are on sale right now. So if you're a person who's saying, look, I see the inflation, I see the national debt, I hear Robin Casey yep. talking about these things, what are the some of the steps people should be taking right now to, to pr- protect their money and protect their financial future? Most of our retirement funds are in pre-taxed funds like IRAs and 401 what's, what's that mean, pre-taxed? What's that mean? Pre-taxed. They got a tax deduction, okay? All this is going to grow tax-deferred, Yeah. okay? But somebody's going to have to pay the taxes someday. Yeah, so when you take it out, and let's say it's five years from now, and, you know, heaven forbid Biden's still president, and those tax rates go up again, you're going to pay if that tax rate's higher when you take it out versus what it is now. That is correct, because what the government did back in the 70s when they introduced these IRAs and 401ks, they said, that we're going to give you a tax deduction. All this is going to grow on a tax-deferred basis. Then when you get into retirement, you'll be in a much lower tax bracket because you're not working. Mm -hmm. Well, that made sense. However, in reality, what has happened is we lost our biggest tax deduction, which is our mortgage interest, and our kids have moved out of the house, so there's no dependents. So in reality, we're in just as high a tax bracket in retirement as we were during our working years. So what did the good old government do? They gave us the tax break on the seed. Now they're taking the taxes on the crop. Now, what can we do about it? Well, we have a window of opportunity here, okay, where, where we know what the taxes are. Through 2026, right? Right, through two, 2026. Now, there's been also experts say that really the can is going to be kicked down the road in 2030 is when it's going to hit the fan. So we might have a little bit of extension beyond that 2026 tax uh, date. But the whole thing is, is when's the best time to pay the taxes? Well, obviously when they're lower. So what I'm advocating is taking those pre-tax dollars, the IRAs, the 401ks, and working with my clients and doing partial Roth conversions, not 
converting the whole thing because that'd be counterproductive. That would mean a higher tax bracket. We want to look at their current tax bracket and see if there's any wiggle room yeah. that we can convert a portion of mm-hmm. that IRA or 401k and still not get heartburn, but get most of the heavy lifting done prior to the taxes going back up. You know, it's interesting. Like I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this and I'm super interested and we've had many off-air conversations yeah. about these things. And I'm like trying to process what you're saying and I know what you're saying, but I'm sitting here going, I hate my government that they make things so complex that I've got to have, I mean, I'm glad you exist, right? <laughs> but I've got, you've got to have a guy like you because the tax code is ununderstandable to an average person. But you, Rob and Casey, you've done something about it. You've taken the first step by having a Roth IRA, which is tax-free. No, you didn't get a tax deduction, but so what? When you start pulling the money out at retirement, you don't have to worry about the taxes because it's already been paid. Yeah. Is Are, there a is there a math formula that people should be using as far as matching in their four hundred one k right now or their Roth? Yeah, and I get this question all the time, Casey. How much is, they should uh, be putting in? Yeah, uh, they might tell me, "Well, I have a six percent match, and I'm putting in an additional uh, 12 percent." Mm-hmm. And I say, "Don't do that." And they go, "Well, why not?" Because you're creating a tax time bomb. Take advantage of the match because that's free money, but don't put a dime more than the match because that's what you're doing is you're creating a tax time bomb. Take that money that you would have ordinarily put into uh, your retirement plan Mm -hmm. and set it aside to pay the taxes on these partial Roth conversions. This is why I love that I have you, because I just go, Bill, what do I do? And Bill tells me, and I say, okay, sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is interesting, and we were laughing about this. I said, Bill, I should have been doing this years ago. I've been just like saving my money and and paying my bills and having a, you know, secure in the moment plan. And you said, Rob, you would be amazed at how many people start way after you have started. So it's never too early, like, to start doing these things, right? I always say, Rob, that where you is is where you is, okay? (laughs) And so let's, you know, let's go with the plan going forward. We can't do anything that's happened years ago. We have to look ahead. If people want to learn more about you in addition to these fabulous ads that we run on this radio station, what is the best way for them to do that, Bill? My telephone number is 317-805-4716. And, of course, they can look at uh, the Internet. Mm -hmm. Uh, The website is yourretirementguide.com. That's Y-O-U-R, retirementguide.com. The great Bill Demery making the complex understandable, and that is a gift. Well, that's why you're the best. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Casey. Yeah, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 19 after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, I'm just putting this out there. Yeah. Uh, Getting it on the record now because I told you yesterday, but I feel like you totally brushed me off on this. Okay. So I'm just... Did I blow you off on something? Well, I don't think you took it as serious as it needs to be taken. Okay. So I'm just putting this on these airwaves for all of our listeners to hear, and Kev is a witness, and hopefully now it will, you know, like register with you. Friday is the first day of the Ryder Cup. And it starts, it is in Rome, so it starts at 1.30 in the morning, so I will be up, mm-hmm. and I'm just telling you, don't mm-hmm. count on anything from me on Friday. <laughs> you need to do the template. I'm going to bed at like 6.30 in the evening so I can get up mm-hmm. and watch the Ryder Cup, and you know how I get during the golf stuff, so just I'm just throwing it out there. I don't want you to be caught by surprise or be angry. If that's not going to work for you, I can just take the day off, and you can have- I was going to say, why don't you take the day off? Yeah. I'm not going to be here. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've got the day off. On what Friday. the hell's your excuse? Uh, I am hanging out with some friends. One of my friends is in town for a week. Uh-huh. He's he lives out in California. Oh, and then I'm going to a party Friday night. Well, here's the deal. I feel like 25 percent of me mm-hmm. is better than 100 percent of someone else. You think so? We could bring somebody else in, and you could just sleep in, well, and take the day off, and, the, and so and here's do the other thing. For those of you who don't know, Ryder Cup is like the Olympics of golf. Even though they technically have golf in the Olympics, nobody really takes it all that serious. Mm-hmm. Ryder Cup is the Olympics of golf. It's the USA against Europe. It happens every other year. This year, uh, it is in Rome. They alternate one year it's in Europe, the next year it's in America. And this is arguably bigger than the major golf tournaments. It is the the biggest thing you could make a compelling case. It's the biggest thing that happens in golf. Are you going to be making another outlandish bet like oh, yes. Harry Leg or somebody like Harry that? Harry Le- You mean Harry Higgs? Whatever. I think he lost his tour card. I don't think he's He's not anymore. in it. I don't think he's a thing. No, he definitely. Harry, the best players play in the Ryder Cup. Harry definitely did not make. So it's the 12 best American players against the 12 best European players. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, I'm going to, I think, heavily bet on the Europeans this time uh and look i'm not above cheering against my own country for money casey you know how i am <laughs> yeah uh but here's the, here is the one thing that i maybe maybe a saving grace for you and i've got to time this up yeah because there is a six hour time difference which is why it starts so early there are two sets of matches on friday and i believe our show may largely be in the window in which the players are resetting so it may be a bit of a saving grace for you for an Could hour be a little sandwich. for an hour you might get actual We're effort but g- let's face it it's not inaccurate for me to say 25% of me is better than mm-hmm. 100% of any person they're going to have fill in so when you say that friday you're not going to be trying very good engaged. to anybody you really mean starting thursday at noon yeah, because that's you're going to you, have to do the template. Right. That's when you're going to, as soon as we get off the air on Thursday, you're pretty much I mean, I, no I, good to me. I'm going to give maximum effort mm-hmm. until the show ends mm-hmm. on Thursday. Okay. And then after that. Are you giving maximum effort today? Yeah, I mean, look at me. I mean, I'm giving the same maximum effort I usually give. Because I did the template last well, night. Well, okay. Time and time it's time. almost like you're sitting there trying to take credit for this is, it. This is actually quite unfair because I had logged. So for those of you who don't know the template, what are you talking about? Casey and I have a little <laughs> thing that we share together mm-hmm. and it has all the stories on them and the links to the stories and little descriptions and then the things the, that we want to talk about. Yeah. The things that need audio are highlighted mm-hmm. in red for Kevin. Kevin can see it. I logged in yesterday to yeah. do the template. Right. And you were like that gif of Kermit the Frog typing at the <laughs> at the typewriter. And I couldn't keep up. And finally, I just looked at my wife. I said, this is driving me insane. And I just closed the thing and sent you a text and said, you put whatever you want on. I've got what I need on there. So because I was being productive, I got punished? It was too much. It was too much. I was trying to form coherent thoughts. And then I can see when you're on there because the little thing pops up in purple or whatever it is and it says it's a, Casey, sh- it's a shared document Casey Daniels is typing and that drives me insane <laughs> it's like why am I doing stories if you're doing stories so finally I was just I just said you're you can have it you just gave so up if the huh? show if the show is not up to standard today it's because Casey did the template <laughs> oh great I, I love so it. I just wanted to make sure it's out there okay. all of our listeners are hearing it uh-huh. uh, Friday you expect absolutely nothing from me I will go along with whatever stories you want to do and I will if, in great. between shots great I'm going to load it up with a bunch of Taylor Swift oh, stuff oh my gosh it'll just be fabulous. <laughs> It'll be the best show we've ever done. What the hell else is going on in the world, Casey? All right, well, let's talk about this uh, Democrat congressman from Minnesota said he's open to challenging President Biden for his party's oh. presidential nominee. Old Dean? Dean Phillips. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he said that uh, he thinks that there's more options. People want more options, and he is not opposed to doing it. 
but why he's is it? He's concerned that there's no alternate right so now. So he is a U.S. rep. It's mm-hmm. not, he's not even a governor. He's an obscure U.S. Mm-hmm. rep from Minnesota. And it's like, dude, people want options, but the options they want are not Dean Phillips. I don't think he necessarily is saying I'm the guy. He's, no, he is saying he's the guy. Yeah, he's talking about wanting to run. He, he said that he's considering it, but he's also said that he would like to see a Midwest moderate governor. People always... Which to me says Michigan Gretchen Whitmer, although not so moderate. But people always say they want something different. I had this conversation years and years and years ago when uh, I worked in rock radio Mm -hmm. and somebody who has been in this business for a very, very, very long time told me this and it has been true. He said, it's not just true in music, it's true in life. People always say they want variety and then they get variety and they don't like the variety Mm -hmm. they get. There's a reason, and this was the example the person used and it's so true. If you were to go to dairy, your local dairy queen and ask them, what is the most served flavor of ice cream that you guys dish out? They're going to tell you, Vanilla. Sure. Even though people claim to clamor for a variety, why is the classic hit station, why do they play the same 20 songs? Well, because they're the tried and true. How many freaking times can you hear lion eyes before you just want to stab yourself between the eyes? But yet (laughs) they play it. Why? Because that's what everybody, grandma can listen to it, junior can listen to it, you, Fred, can listen to it. It's the same thing in politics. People claim to want variety, but they clearly don't because they keep voting for the same thing. Okay, so he said, I would like to see a moderate governor, hopefully from the heartland, from one of the four (laughs) states that Democrats will need. And then he said, I'm actively inviting, encouraging, imploring that people who are ready and know it's probably time to do so, take the chance. I love how he's just making a dream wish list, which simply does not exist. It'd be like if I said, Kev, what what does your ideal woman look like for you? And he's like, well, she's short, she's fit and she's mm-hmm. short and she has the huge candular area and she makes six figures and she really is into guys who just play in bands and serve as radio station producers. Of course, that's what you want, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Okay, so his name is Dean Phillips, so I thought this might be a good opportunity (laughs) for us to do the Mount Rushmore of Deans. (laughs) I've got a couple to throw on the list. Uh, Oh, yes. You ready? Yes. Dean Martin, James Dean, Uh Jimmy Dean, Uh and then Dean Wormer. And it's important to point out that James Dean and Jimmy Dean are not the same guy. Right. Uh, And Dean Wormer, yes, yes, kudos on that one. The breakfast sausage made it to the list. Very strong you're coming in with Dean Wormer on (laughs) as your number four. It's really tough to argue in terms of Dean. Who are some other famous? Dean Cain, wasn't he Superman? Dean Cain was on the list, Uh, but he didn't make it. Dean Cain is not a better Dean than Jimmy Dean Sausage. Sorry. Wasn't in... uh, in, in old school, Dean Cheese. Was it Cheese? Oh, nice. Cheese was the Dean. I mean, other <laughs> Dean Warmer, you know he belongs there. Uh, isn't uh, Ned Beatty the Dean in Back to School? <laughs> totally subservient <laughs> to Rodney Danger because of all the money he gives him. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a fun moment in uh, Mount Rushmore of Deans. Great job, Casey. 1127, Fabulous. it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 
732, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And a new poll says that Nikki Haley has surged into second place behind Donald Trump. But this is specifically in New Hampshire. Oh. Uh, Trump, the clear front runner, uh, 45%. Nikki Haley, the closest behind with 15%, beating out everybody else, including Ron DeSantis. Uh, Chris Christie's at 10%. Vivek Ramaswamy at 6%. Um, okay, so this is one of those important states like South Carolina or like Iowa where uh, people who are really into it pay very close attention to what's going on there. Uh, What do you make of Nikki Haley making inroads in New Hampshire? And does it matter at this point? Does it matter? It probably matters for a donor standpoint for her. It matters from the standpoint of these people cannot coalesce around an alternative to Trump. Mm. And that's really what matters out of all of it. I mean, what is the moral victory? Hey, I got second in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you lost by 30. Hey, I got second in New Hampshire. <laughs> but doesn't that, I mean, for donors, they want to see a win or they're going to stop giving their money, but right? you're 30 points behind. What is the pitch to the donor? Hey, give me more money so I can lose by 25 instead of 30. I mean, what's the... What's the case to be made? Well, I mean, Doug Burgum got enough money to get into the debate, he right? He used his own money. Is that what it was? Casey, he's the guy who paid people to buy the gift card. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're just convincing yourself to give yourself more money, what, like, what, what possibly, if you're going to a donor right now, if you're, let's pretend you're Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm in second in New Hampshire. Oh, interesting. Are you closing in on Trump? Well... Well, how far are you behind? 30. Are you second anywhere else? No. How are you doing nationally? Uh, I'm like eighth. But hey, <laughs> I'm second in New Hampshire, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, at one point, do they start peeling off? Well, I mean, I guess as long as you have money, you can conceivably stay. I mean, as long as you, I mean, technically, as long as you're on the ballot, you never have to peel off. I mean, you see this all the time where some guy's carrying his own luggage flying, you know, in a in the, in the you know, low-grade commercial, and he's still rolling around to Vegas or wherever else. It, I, I guess you could stay in forever. I, I just don't I don't understand what the, the rah-rah speech is at this point if you're still 30 points behind and you've been at it in one state. You're 30 points behind in one state. Right, and she's been in it the longest. Exactly. I just, like, I don't, I, I mean, whatever. Everybody's free to do what they want. It just seems like a, but what what is she going to do anyway? Get a real job? Well, that's what I'm saying. At I what mean, point what, does she peel off in hopes of getting a position within somebody else's White well, House? Well, but Trump's already made it clear. Doesn't he not like her anymore? Well, not anymore because she's not loyal. So what? It, I mean, she can't do that. I mean, look, if you look at the people that are up up top, you got Haley, mm-hmm. DeSantis, mm-hmm. and Christie. Well, none of those people are getting like positions in the Trump administration. Then Ramaswamy's down there. But I just... I am uh, I am floored at how well Trump continues to do, given the repeated gaffes that he makes that should be hyper offensive to people voting in, in that vote in Republican primaries. All right. Let's uh, lay, play the uh, latest Joe Biden's brain oh, not working. No. Yeah. He's talking about investing 40 billion dollars in the Pacific Islands infrastructure <laughs> initiative. Unfortunately, well, Joe Biden goes Joe Biden. So today I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PGPI, anyways, it doesn't matter what we call it, but that's what it is. 
Is he sound like he's sleeping? That's and, a that's amazing that we're I mean you're not talking like ten cents here. It's forty billion dollars. You know, it's like okay, so here's an example of something you might not remember what it is. Nigel's kid is selling cookie dough mm-hmm. for some school project. I signed up for it and I said, Nige, let me know who to make the check to when the stuff comes or whenever you want it, I'll pay you. Just tell me what it is. I have it. I have no idea where that money's actually going. It's a band project, either it's art or music project or something. It's 25 bucks. I'm not going to remember exactly where it is. I know it helps Nigel's kid. This deal, this deal he's talking about is hundreds, hundreds. 40 billion. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> Someone said hundreds of millions. I sold it way short. Forty billion. I don't know where it's going. It's going somewhere. Anyways, we, I, well, come on, man. We 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 call it the PGPI. Anyway, it doesn't matter what we call it. <laughs> and what what how, yeah, how that, that was kind of condescending, don't you is. think? It doesn't matter what we call it. You don't need to know, little people. Oh what we call it is forty billion dollars. No biggie. That's that you paid for. That's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> He's so dismissive of $40 billion. Mm-hmm. Ah, anyways. Ah, okay, so uh, Karine Jean-Bierre had a press conference oh, yesterday. No. And I think it's appropriate that we play this next clip from her. It's talking about how Joe Biden is <laughs> zeroed in and laser focused on lowering costs for Americans just on the back of what you just heard why this president has been so zeroed in, so laser focused on lowering costs for Americans. And we've done that. And a lot of the a lot of the policies that the president has put forward are indeed popular. I mean, Bidenomics is has worked so well that you have Republicans in their own districts, in their own states, taking credit for things that the president pushed forward, policies that the president has pushed forward, legislation that they didn't even vote for. If you think about the American Rescue Plan, the Inflation Reduction Act. So I get I get the I get the polling that you're laying out uh what part of zeroed in and laser focus did you get and lowering costs for americans prices are up 17.4 percent since biden took office when i was a little kid my parents got me a book and it was one of my favorite books and it was called ernie's little lie (laughs) and it is a sesame street book Mm -hmm. in which ernie you know from burton ernie is involved in a painting contest and he makes his own little painting and his cousin innocently sends him a painting that he made. I think it's of a tiger and Bert sees the painting. There's no, Hey, this is my cousin's painting and enters it in this contest. And wins the contest it's this fabulous painting and everybody is like telling ernie oh my gosh ernie you're the greatest painter ever and he like wants to confess that the the painting is not his but he's so like overcome by people saying what a great painter is and then he's you know of course it's a children's book so there's back when they used to have like morals of the story hopefully he's, there's a lesson he's, at over, the end. he's overcome with guilt and then mm-hmm. admits that it wasn't his painting and then everybody says thank you for telling the truth Instead of Ernie's little lie, <laughs> it should be Cringe John Pierre's big lie. Yeah. Because that's seemingly all she does all day. Well, and she just goes on to say it's like the Pete Buttigieg thing that we played yesterday. Everything's fine. Everything's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> Binomics is working for everybody. It's you the, just don't know it it's yet. The, it's the photo of the dog where everything is burning around him and he's sitting mm-hmm. there with a hat on going, this is fine. This is great. This is <laughs> 
all great. Okay, and then during the press conference, she was asked about the president's uh, below water ratings. And uh, again, it's all good. 37% of registered voters, just 37% proof of the president's handling of the economy. He's at a 56% disapproval, the highest of his presidency. And 74% of registered voters say they have major or moderate concerns about the president's age and mental fitness. How troubling is that? Here's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on exactly what you just asked me, right? The first question, which is how do we uh, how do we continue to support um, uh, the workers, right? We're not going to get into the litigation of, uh, of the negotiations here, but what we're going to do is continue to show uh, how much this president is working for American families. <laughs> we're going to get into it, how much he's working for American families. Again, prices up 17.4% since he took office. How much, how much in an average day, how much actual work you think Biden does? Well, you know, he doesn't get up before 10. He doesn't have meetings before 10. And then there's nap time in there. And he doesn't do anything at night or, right. or, very, or very rarely does anything at night. Yeah. So I'm serious. Like how much in a job that should be basically a 20 hour a day job? You think he's what? Four, four to six hours? Maybe. Yeah. May, maybe. Sitting in a chair being handled. Like I do like three hours of actual work here, but the difference is I'm not president of the United States. <laughs> and I got into this business. That's part of the deal. We don't pay you anything. You don't do any real work. Like that's the trade-off we have in radio. <laughs> He's the president. Mm -hmm. And I would be shocked if he does four hours of actual work in a day. So he was making more jokes again. Kevin, if you could uh, queue up number 10, uh, this time about his age again. Oh, yep. No. Yep. And I want you to notice this week's talking point. The economy was flat on its back. So I'm running again, and you may have noticed a lot of people are focused on my age. Well, I get it. Believe me. I know better than anyone. But there's something else I know. When I came to office, and this nation was flat on its back. I knew what to do. I vaccinated the nation and rebuilt the economy. Yeah, he said it. My favorite part of when we play Biden now uh -huh. is we cannot play a Biden clip without Kevin trying to not laugh. <laughs> and my favorite part is to watch Kevin because he is Kev. Just say it. He's a delusional old fool. And it's the anticipation, <laughs> the anticipation of what stupid thing he's going to say is hilarious. Yeah, I just I just can't <laughs> not think of that uh, Dwight Schrute clip that we played, the, the Mussolini speech. Mm -hmm. Where he's pounding, yeah, pounding on the podium. Uh, it's uh, he, he's he's running again. He just told us he's doing it again, Rob. And he vaccinated the nation. And he vaccinated the nation. Some some against their will or better judgment. Oh my gosh. He mandated vaccinations of the nation is what just, he should have said. I just can't tell you. If you watch on YouTube, you will see, if you watch us on the YouTube feed, mm -hmm. you will see me whenever we play a Biden look over at Kevin because seeing Kevin, it, sometimes it's right at the beginning, sometimes it's halfway through. He, Kevin is such a polite, good guy that he mm -hmm. doesn't want to laugh at a delusional old man, but it is just, he can't hold it in every time because it's just, he sounds nuts, Casey. He sounds like he's lost his marbles. I thought he was going to start yelling in that clip, but he didn't. Like, I was surprised that he didn't do the, 
I vaccinated the nation. He is a TV character, isn't he? Like, you could put him on some ABC sitcom and he would be the wacky, wild, old neighbor guy. Yeah, I could see him being on, like, Parks and Rec or something like that. (laughs) You would put him on a TV show and he would be the wild, wacky, old neighbor guy who has two or three lines in an episode Mm -hmm. and everybody chuckles at it. But he's not. He's the president. No. That guy is running the country, running in air quotes. I'm telling you right now, that <laughs> MFR is real and he's the president. <laughs> that should scare you. It's 11:44. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, Rob, there's a new TV show that is blowing up, and I have to get your opinion on this, on whether it's appropriate or not, because that's what we're discussing these days. It's a new dating show, and it's been added to Max, which is kind of like a Netflix or a Hulu. It's a subscription-based format. It's called Max? Yeah, it used to be like HBO Plus and Discovery Plus, and then they've combined into HBO Max, and now it's just Max. Hey, speaking of Max, is Cinemax still a thing? Well, that's what I thought this was until I did a little research. I don't know. I don't subscribe to Cinemax anymore. Because you know, look, I am a much different person today than I was earlier in my life, but as... I don't know, 14-year-old me, uh, Cinemax, mm-hmm. which you could get through the scrambles, would come to life about 11 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah, and boy, you, that was a brave new world. You'd had all the Emmanuel <laughs> you could handle, didn't you? <laughs> well, this new dating show is called Naked Attraction. Oh. Have you heard about this? No, I've heard nothing about it. Okay, it's a dating show. And the people are naked. So, well, that sounds like why it would be called Naked Attraction. Full frontal nudity. Yeah. Contestants, oh, wow. they, they first show their feet and then their calves, and then the screen slowly reveals, well, their genitals, their uh-huh. torso, oh, wow. their breasts, uh-huh. everything until they're face-to-face. Then they go through a series of questions, and at the end of the episode, uh, there's a love match. Wait, wait, wait. So, like, is there is this a bachelor where there's one guy? yes. And- and a, and a lineup of naked women, or vice versa. So it's The Bachelor, but they're naked. Pretty much. Well, why do they just call it Naked Bachelor? <laughs> it's called Naked Attraction. It's been out in the UK for like six years. And I think, you know, the people at HBO are showing their full cards here, what they stand for. Yeah, okay. I've And I said this is someone who many times in my life made a choice of a partner based on physical appearance. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always end well. <laughs> Right, because your physical appearance will fade. Right, primarily naked appearance was the one I made the choice on. Uh, That doesn't always end well, so... I don't know. I would think if I was going to find love, this might not be the best way to go about doing it. Well, I think it's just uh, uh, shows you what HBO is now lifting their veil, revealing that they're a pornography channel with this. And you know who absolutely loves this? Oh. The ladies on The View. Oh, wow. Binge watching entire seasons all in one sitting. Well, it's that thing of like, what can you do versus what should you do? And I am, you know me, I'm Mr. Libertarian Man, uh, though a Republican, a Republican in good standing, Casey, as of you course. know. We always have right. to point that out. Which means you can run for I office. I totally could run for public yeah. office as a Republican. Um, you can, they can air this. You can sure. watch this. I'm not, you know, I'm not the the minister's wife on The Simpsons going, well, someone think of the children. I think that 
you know, if adults want to watch this, they should be able to. However, is this really a productive use of your time as an adult? I don't know if that is in, indeed the best use of your time. Well, I'm sure it's some interesting watching. There is a, a viewer discretion is advised oh, yeah. label at the beginning. Is and- nudity even a big deal anymore? I mean, for adults, like, should if it's going to be adults watching, which it should be, obviously, if this is a subscription-based service, is nudity even a big deal anymore? Have we dumbed the society down? Because it used to be in, on television, mm-hmm. you know, there were certain... There were certain channels on cable where you might get some really, 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 really partial nudity. Like, we're very close to the actual nipple, Uh but we don't quite get the nipple. The camera's very strategically placed. And that used to be a huge deal. Is, in the society in which we live, nudity even a big deal anymore? Well, clearly, it's the walls are coming down in regards to that. I mean, I, I think the big concern for many people is that the parental controls are not that great with this channel like you just said yourself you used to watch unscrambled cinemax when you were young no it was scrambled but it was unscrambled enough that i could get a little peak ski right i mean so, all the parts were if the parental, if i had to stare at that thing for five minutes straight casey i was gonna see some parts well if the parental controls aren't strong how would you feel if your daughter was flipping through the you know the channels and came across this well casey we've had this conversation this is why my kid is not going to have a cellular <laughs> telephone uh, a personal computer uh that, that they can use without being in the middle of the living room for everyone to watch and this is why we don't have cable. Okay, so this show, it contains full frontal nudity, both sexes, male and female, oh, wow. coarse language, and graphic discussions about well, the human body. You had, is that really dating or is that judging? It's core, The coarse language did it for me, Casey. I was fine until you got to the sure. coarse language. Okay, so here's a question that I have to ask you. Have you thought of the Roman Empire today, Rob? <laughs> okay, you have to clarify this for me, Casey, because I have seen this on, I guess it would be Twitter, people posting mm-hmm. this question and then photos related to it. Is mm-hmm. that right? Is that what's going on? What's happening? I, it's it's this trend that started that uh, women are saying that men think about the Roman Empire every single day. Interesting. And they're wondering why. So the question for you, Rob Kendall, have you thought of the Roman Empire today? Uh, no, I, I haven't. And I don't really think that men are actually sitting around on a daily basis going, what about that Roman Empire? Well, a lot of people are saying that the fall of the Roman Empire is very similar to what the United States yes. is going through today. Absolutely. So uh, inflation kills the currency, just like it did with the Roman Empire. Tribalism destroying us, just like it did the Roman Empire, uh, because we're unable to unite under a common language, tradition, or culture. Yeah. And once you have a Republican government... And you forget that there are certain conditions that created it. There are certain boundaries. And when you expand those boundaries, which is similar to immigration, you have to teach everybody to be on the same page or at least on the same page with law. And if you don't do that, everyone's going to go in their own direction, which leads to more tribalism, which is very similar to what happened with the Roman Empire. All right, so you pulled some audio here. This is making it the rounds on social media. It's got thousands of reposts and quotes mm-hmm. and likes, and it is just some random dude yep. whose wife asked him if he thought about the Roman Empire. Because that's what we're doing today. So this is what wives are doing. They're just walking up to their husbands and going, have you thought about the Roman Empire today? Yes, and this guy has a take. It's okay. 
okay. I have a couple thoughts. Okay, very good. Now, you will hear what appears to be a TV in the background. So when you hear this, it is not our audio. This is the actual audio as it is posted on the internet. You will hear what appears to be a TV in the background, but just sit through it. it, it it's worth worth the wait. Do you ever think about the Roman Empire? All the time. Why? What are you, what are you thinking about it? Well, because we're in those times right now. Everybody's preoccupied with sports, movies, work. You know. What was it you said about bread? Well, all right. The common people, Roman Empire said that everybody was equal. Everybody had a chance. Uh-huh. But it wasn't. The rich got richer and the poor got poor. And they worried constantly about people rioting. Uh-huh. Because they knew that the common man, the common people, uh-huh. could take over at any time. So they would bring them into the Colosseums, and they would give them free grain. They would give them bread. They would give them wine, whatever they needed, to fill their bellies and block their minds from what they were angry about. They would watch plays. They would watch fights with the gladiators, sometimes for months on end. Huh. And that's where we're at right now. And I think about it all the time because so many people are preoccupied with their favorite football team, their favorite actor, actress, singer, and they they just don't even think about what's being taken away from them. As long as their bellies are full and they're happy with what's going on, they just let it continue. Wow. So I think what he's really saying is, you know, he who controls the present can reinvent the past to make a new future. Yeah. Right? And one of the big things, one of the big things from the fall of the Roman Empire, not only was it the inflation, but immigration, is a country needs to have humility because you can't use the standards of the present to make fun of the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if we go into the future, scientists could say, you know, people, you were so arrogant with your science 30, 40, 100 years ago that you allowed a million babies aborted. And that was tribalism. And you picked winners and losers. And that was very reactionary of you. We have no idea what the people of the future are going to say about us today. Just like we can't say, oh, the people in covered wagons were racist. Well, we weren't living back then. You didn't understand what it was like to live back then. If you wanted a family of five back in the day of covered wagons, women would potentially need to be pregnant 10 times because the, you know, children would not make it to full term or there were child illnesses or the man was out homesteading constantly and he didn't have a life of leisure like we have now where we can sit around and judge and people can pick what gender they want to have. They weren't worried about that then. They were trying to live. So you can't look at what we're doing today and, you know, determine what it's going to look like in the future because we don't know. And that all is it's all tribalism with the fall of the Roman Empire and the currency and people are looking at the Roman Empire and we have to learn from that to stop the fall of the United States today. You know what else we have to do? We have to go. We do have to go. All right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thanks for listening today. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.